You asked for it, so we're delivering. Halloween is just behind us, and we're at the top of the slide of the holiday sugar rush. Maybe you like to say yes to the treats. Maybe you hate policing the sweets. Either way, you know that too much is not good, but this time of year, managing your kid's sugar intake can feel like an exercise in futility. In today's episode, we're talking about how to incorporate sugar healthfully into the holiday season and sharing some of our mom truths. Let's dive in. Halloween is behind us, at least when this episode launches, right? Yes. And then we're going to roll right into Thanksgiving and Christmas and and Hanukkah. And when I then think that we're done, then it's New Year's. Yeah. Right? And then you got Valentine's. Oh and you're trying God. to be good, and then you got Valentine's. And then Valentine's up. comes yep. around. So pretty much there is sugar at every turn. And here's where I struggle most about this time of, of year, is it's not just at the checkout aisle of places. It's like I'm rolling through the Target or the CVS or the grocery store, and there's a whole display and so there's a battle at the store, too, with the kids. Well, but it's not even – that's not even where I get into the battles with my kids. It's the sugar at school, at soccer practice, at, you know, when they – Melanie used to do gymnastics. It's just everywhere because we use a lot of sugary treats as kind of like The reward. And, yeah. And Celebration. Celebrate. Yeah. Yeah. Today's episode topic came from the fact that listeners said they wanted us to talk about sugar. Mm-hmm. And we thought, well, what better time to tackle it than now as we go right into the biggest holiday season, you know, and also as it relates to kids. Because this really is a time of year where, yes, as parents or as adults, you know, we're managing our own sugar intake. But also we have to manage our kids. And it's a constant. overwhelming. And the policing of sugar wears me out. I'm with you. And when it's when we hit this kind of holiday season, it almost at times makes you just want to throw up your hands. Oh, I'm with you. Absolutely. And there are days that I do. And then there are days where I wake up and I'm like, not today. <laughs> Hold strong. True. Hold strong. So, But I think it's really important for us to say we're not talking about being perfect with our kids' sugar intake. And we're not talking about not letting them have any at all. You have to find a happy, realistic medium that's also healthy. I totally agree. And and if anybody peeked into my Instagram this week, they will see that I put up an old article that I wrote about my philosophy at Halloween and Easter for candy with my kids. And it's a little unconventional. You and I chatted about it. It's so funny because I have an old blog on Halloween candy and we had, we've never really talked about sugar and kids and what we do at home. And we had the exact same take on it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, and it's not what you would expect from a dietitian. It is two not. dietitians. That yeah. is true. It is not. So today, what are we going to cover? We are going to talk about, first of all, where kids get their sugar and how much most kids are eating. Because um, I think that that'll help give context, right, mm-hmm. to everybody, like why this is even an important topic. Um, you know, what is it about sugar that is problematic when it comes to, of course, physical health, but also mental health? Yeah. Um, why... You and I think it's so important to teach kids how to eat it instead of just saying no across yeah. the board. And then we're going to dive into our favorite mom truths, six things that you can do to keep tabs on sugar this holiday season. Yeah. And give parents a little more mental wellness when it comes to managing 
their kids sugar intake. Yeah. So at the very least, if anything, I hope that this episode gives parents that are listening just a little bit more resilience and strength in the way that they want to manage the holiday season with their kids. Yes. Yes, exactly. All right. So let's do some, you know, some statistics, okay? Where do kids get their sugar? So the top three sources of where kids get their sugar are sweetened beverages, sweet bakery products, and candy. I'm not super surprised by that, but the order, the sweetened beverages being the leading one, was a little surprising to me. Yeah. A little surprising. There, But it's everywhere if you look. It is. You're right. I think maybe it's just the way that I – the way that I kind you of like don't curate our house. pantry yeah. in my house, you know? Um but the other thing that I thought was really interesting was so the Dietary Guidelines for Americans um, looked at, you know, they always pull this kind of data, mm-hmm. right? And so they, what they said was that 35% of kids, and when they say kids, they're talking about two to 19 year old kids. But anyway, in that age range, 35% of them are actually meeting the recommendation for added sugars. Now, you're not supposed to eat a set amount of added sugars. Right. What we're talking about is we're saying when they meet the recommendation is that they're eating the max they're eating the max or less right they're eating 10 percent of their total energy for the day from added sugars or less so now if you flip that on its head 65 percent of kids are eating more added sugars than they're supposed to oh i didn't understand what you were saying at first so those that 35 percent is the one is the group that's actually doing good Mm mm-hmm it's mm-hmm. the majority of the kids, the 65% that are going way over that. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So now I feel like when you say that and then we're going to go into like, oh, the holiday season, automatically it's like, oh, my gosh, I, I just give up. I give up because if 65% of kids are eating more than they should. Well, let me give you a statistic. During the holiday season, 100% of kids are over the recommended intake for added sugar. All righty. Okay. So now we have something to work with. (laughs) Even if they're going to be over, how can we at least make it not feel like they're going like headfirst into a pool of sugar? And how do we not let it consume our lives? I mean, I hate for that to even be the focus, you know? I mean, we're supposed to be enjoying the holidays and times and doing stuff as a family and with friends and, you know, I dread going to get hot chocolate. You know, I mean, like, it's, you know, it's right. just because just I don't want the battle. Right, know? right. Or it's like, okay, well, I'm going to let them have the hot chocolate now. So where are we going later? And what is going to be there? Is there going to be a spread of cookies and cake? Yeah. You know, are we going to be making, you know, gingerbread houses and they're going to be eating all the candy off the gingerbread houses? And then I'm like, what? Yeah. Um, and I'm like, what kind of deal can I make now? Because I know they're going to have that later. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. exhausting. It is exhausting. It really is. It's exhausting for us. It's a, you know, definitely a mental burden for us as parents, right? Can you talk a little bit about like why sugar in general in kids isn't isn't great? Yeah. Well, too sugar, much. I want to clarify too much. Too much. Well, first of all, and we're talking about added sugar here, people. Um, not the natural sugars down in your dairy and your fruit, but those added sugars. Added sugars are in so much, so many foods today, in addition to like your sweetened beverages and your bakery products and your candy. And added sugars are not what we call in Nutrition 101 an essential nutrient, meaning you do not need it to survive. Correct. Unlike vitamin D 
or carbohydrates or fat or protein, which are essential nutrients. You got to have them to live. Added sugars are not those. Um, basically, they just provide empty. Well, we refer to them also as empty calories. Empty calories, yeah, right? And they just provide calories, no real nutrients, even honey. You know, I mean, you get a little, maybe a little, if that makes you feel better, but right from those natural added sugars. But still, they're added sugars, and so you know, it increases calorie intake, which has become a big, a big concern with just childhood obesity and everything. But I think from a bigger perspective, it also increases inflammation. It impacts gut health. Right. One of the things that harms those good gut bacteria in your gut is added sugars. Yeah. 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 And it also impacts inflammation through this damage from the in the gut, but also inflammation in general in the body. And I know we don't usually think about kids having inflammation, but they do probably have a low existing level. And so more added sugar can make this make that inflammation go a little higher. And that has a direct effect on your brain health. Right. And your mental wellness. Yes. And we did talk about that a little bit in our preteen and teen episode. Mm-hmm. But that, you know, their their nutrients do really impact our kids' brains, right? And so if this is one that is pro-inflammatory, it it can be problematic when it comes to our kids, like everyday mental wellness. And this is a time of year where we kind of lose a lot of um, the like the schedules and the regularity and that sort of thing. And so it is already challenging for our kids. Well, it can ease, it can, you know, every day with them going to school right now, I, I feel like I can kind of assess each day and where they are each day, you know, mentally and school-wise and that kind of thing. But when we're off school and we're in the midst of the holidays, you know, I don't really have that daily check-in always, you right. know, so it can be easy to lose track. And I think the the concern um, that I have especially is like for kids who may have like very subtle mental health challenges, like they may have ADHD or they may have a little bit of depression or they may, you know, they may already have trouble concentrating, you know, just subtle things um, may or may not take medication is that inflammation can make some of those things worse. Right. Right. That's a great way to put it is that it can just kind of like tick it up just a little bit of a notch if it's already simmering there. Yeah. So the thing about sugar, though, is that you and I found so interesting as we were prepping for this particular episode is that when it comes to kids, there's a reason why they actually like sugar and candy so much. Yes. And it's biological. Right. It was created for the uh, humans to survive. Babies are naturally born with a preference for sugar and that's there to get them to drink the milk and then it's there you know to get them to eat those pureed sweet potatoes or you know exactly yeah exactly and I remember that when my older daughter was born she ended up in the first few months of her life she had to have a couple of surgeries and so of course you know when they go to insert an IV like here you are as the mom holding them and the quote unquote like treatment that they give you as as the parent to give to the baby is this tiny little um like sugar solution. So they put the IV in and then they give them this little sugar solution. And let me tell you, it actually works. It, it works. distracts them. And it it like, yes, they cry, but then it 
it, you yeah. know, reins it in. They're born to like sugar. Yeah. Well, and then there's another reason, though, too, on top of that, is they have a lower sensitivity to sugar than we do as adults. Right. Which means what? So there was this really cool analogy that we read, right? So if you take a can of soda, and in a can of soda, there are eight sugar cubes. As an adult, we drink that, and we are, it's sweet enough for us. We are satisfied with that. For kids, they have a preference for it to be sweeter, and so they prefer a can of soda that has 12 cubes they of sugar in it. They need it to be it. sweeter because they have lower sensitivity to the sweetness. Exactly. So another way to put it is that as adults, we could detect sugar dissolved in seven cups of water. Kids and adolescents can detect it. They wouldn't detect it that way. They would detect it. It would need to be five cups of water with the same amount of sugar dissolved into oh. it, if that helps. We can't blame it. I mean... We get tired of ask of them asking for sugar, but there's a little bit of a reason. I mean, some of it's biological, chemical, hormonal in there too. But still, yes. as parents, your job is to to manage it. But your job also as parents, and I may get on my soapbox here, <laughs> is we have to teach them how to eat sugar. We tend to treat sugar as an all or nothing thing. And that makes it almost taboo. It makes it a bad thing. And I'm sorry, I don't know about you, Briarly, but I am going to eat sugar. I'm going to have dessert again many times for the rest of my life, you know? Yes. And so I feel like we forget, as dietitians, but also as parents, we forget it's, it's important to get them to eat the healthy things. But we, it's also important, maybe even more important, to teach them how to incorporate the unhealthy things in a healthy way. Right. Exactly. I totally agree. Like, think about it this way, too. Like, how many times have you – well, you don't have to answer this, but I will say, <laughs> especially when my kids were little, little, I mean, like, I would, like, sneak into the mudroom to eat a cookie so, so that – they didn't see me eat it so that I didn't have to have that conversation so that they didn't ask for it. Now, I'm not saying that that's right or wrong, but I'm just saying that, like, as your children get older, I mean, let, let's let teach them. My choice was intentional, but let's teach them to be intentional about yeah. it and to enjoy it for what it is, but also not make it a big deal, a big deal, not make it a uh, the large, like the the majority of their diet, you know, let, yeah. let's in the same way that we want to teach them to like fruits and vegetables and fish and and plant proteins and all of those things, we want to teach them, yeah, and and you to know, manage this. I've learned part of that is explaining to them, like, let's say you went to a birthday party and y'all all ate cake, and then that night they want a popsicle, you know, rather than just say no. Just a little explanation. I'm not saying this is going to make things better in your child's eyes, but just saying, no, remember we had all that sugar in the birthday cake, mm -hmm. you know, because they, they forget and they, and, but they also don't realize they aren't thinking, oh, I already had sugar earlier today. Right. Exactly. So pointing little things like that. Now, again, your child ain't going to like that answer, but maybe that's planting a little bit of a seed. I, I totally think it's planting a little bit of a seed. And, you know, and I think that as our kids get older, they, they start to understand those kind of choices more, whether it's sugar or eating something healthy. Like, you know, maybe they didn't get enough fiber, yeah. right? And 
they're having trouble going to the bathroom. So yeah. Well, and I've some I've had them sometimes ask me, why aren't you eating dessert? Why aren't you eating the cookies? And I'll be like, you know, I'll just tell them and say, you know, oh, I ate sugar earlier or I've just had a lot of sugar this week or I've had a lot of whatever it is doesn't even have to necessarily be sugar but I've you know I'll explain to them you know because teaching moderation yeah I mean I've also straight up said to my kids I'm just not really in the mood for it or I would actually rather have this yeah um and we have a lot of nights in our house um so we have dessert night in our Mm -hmm. house a couple nights a week and it used to be that we all ate the same dessert well, now it's like everybody kind of gets to go and pick what they want for dessert. And truthfully, sometimes I, I'm i sure someone's yeah. going to blast me for this. I'll say to my kids, you know what? I don't really actually want to have dessert tonight. I would really rather have a glass of red wine. Well, <laughs> I love that. Well, when it's not a taboo thing, you know, I think we kids and adults, like if there's a, like a birthday cake in the break room at work, you know, you feel like you need to go get a piece. Yeah. Um. Because it's this thing that, oh, we don't have that often. It's this unhealthy thing. It almost makes it taboo. So when you give yourself the freedom to eat a little and actually listen to what you're wanting, not just going in there to eat the cake because it's there and, you know, it's tempting, um, then I think you're better able to make better choices. Yeah. I agree. I totally agree. Let's talk about tips and just how to even manage the holidays because saying we're not gonna have any sugar is off the table that's not a realistic option nor is it healthy and you know the challenge I think part of the challenge with holidays is they are full of tradition and a lot of those traditions involve food and (laughs) sugary foods so it's such a hard balance because I do want to make you know sugar cookies with my kids every year and I do want to make this dish that my grandmother always made and you know um yeah let's put the marshmallows on top of the sweet potato casserole like that is that is something I did with my dad as a kid I want to do that with my kids yeah but I realized early on as a parent um I really struggled because I was like I want to teach these traditions but yet I know these aren't healthy you know and right. so it can be kind of hard to to find a balance so um we have about six tips um we're probably gonna do a lot of confessing about yeah what we do yes but just to kind of help you manage the holidays better and maybe take some stress off parents when it comes to that management and policing yeah. yes totally yeah. all right so first wait. tip first tip Start the day right. Breakfast, I feel like, is a great time of day for adults and kids to kind of like kick off with something nutritious. Like, let's put something that's got some protein and some fiber into our bodies so that we feel satisfied Mm -hmm. and that we kind of set ourselves up for the rest of the day. Kind of front load your day. Yeah, exactly. It yeah. gives you a chance to get in some of those things that you're like, oh, I don't know if we're going to be able to get this yeah. in later. Yeah. So let's do it now. Um, so starting the day, day right, um, and making smart choices at breakfast, getting some protein in, some eggs or, or, you know, some other kind of yogurt or, you know, kind of protein and getting some fiber in with some fruit or whole grains. Yeah. But, yeah. And, and I would say like, so in my house, eggs are, are, only liked by one child 
um, and me and that's it. And but things like a smoothie, easy ish, if you don't mind cleaning the blender, um, it usually works for all different age groups. We've talked a little bit about that before. Um, I love your suggestion, Carolyn, for doing oatmeal um, and you can add milk or peanut butter to it. So just kind of, you know, thinking I love cereal. I really, really do. But the, when I kind of get into that time of year where I know the second half of the day is a little bit more unpredictable, I prefer to really front load with something that is like that that offers a, a wider of variety groups. of nutrients. Yes, thank you. Yeah. That's what I was looking for. A couple food groups. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So two is define the day. And I'm going to be honest. I came upon this tip or discovered this tip after looking at my own eating habits and how they declined <laughs> when I didn't have a schedule. So I think we're really pretty good about when we have our routine, our daily routine, our school and work routine, we, you know, you can keep a flow of uh, making healthy choices and you have your regular meal times and stuff. But holidays, when you're off work, when kids are out of school, it's a lot harder. Um, and kids love routine. Yet that's a time where we totally deviate from right. the normal routine. And that can really leave them kind of unsettled and temperamental. Um, and, you know, it's they're out of routine, so they don't really know what to expect, like what's coming for the rest of the day, you know. Um, and so, you know, I encourage you, you know, sit down at the breakfast table when you're front loading that day with your power breakfast um, and say, okay, Here's what we're going to do. We're going to go to grandma's for lunch. Then we're going to come home and take naps. And then we're going to go do this. You know, go look at Christmas lights or whatever. Right. And then this is the plan for dinner. I'm not talking about like uh, show them the page of your planner, you know, but like just give them kind of a framework so they don't feel as lost in the day. Because I think when we all feel a little unsettled or anxious, or just out of routine, that's when I know I'm much more susceptible to grabbing those foods that are less healthy or grabbing the sweets and that kind of stuff. Right. And especially if you don't know what's coming, right? Like, oh, okay, you know, your your kids are old enough to understand time better. So, like, you might be out running an errand with them, like, looking at those Christmas lights, and they're thinking, well, wait a minute, is dinner coming in like 30 minutes or is dinner coming in an hour and a half? So like when we are here and I see something that I want, should I be advocating for that now or can I kind of hold off? Right. I love this tip of yours. Like it never dawned on me to do this. Um, And I think that I'm looking forward to employing it because my kids are the ones when they don't have to go to school where they don't like to eat breakfast until like 10 or 1030. And Mm -hmm. even then I'm like, come on guys, we got to eat breakfast. And now what I love about this is it's like, okay, let me spell out to you what the rest of the day looks like so we can talk about why we really need to sit down and yeah. put something in our bellies now. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think it helps beyond food, too. It's just kind of an expectation of the day, you yeah. know? Yeah, it helps manage just your emotions. Yeah. And your energy, maybe. All right, number three I love. Uh, number three is keep beverages sugar-free. It's a really, really easy way to cut back on that holiday sugar intake in your kids. It's not like I don't have a lot of 
drinks in my house that my kids drink regularly that have sugar in Mm -hmm. them, but they do ask for them, right? And we do have them on occasion. And I feel like if the top source of added sugar in kids' diets is sweetened drinks and you can go sugar-free just this time of year, right, like as in no added sugars, um, it's just a simple way to say like, okay, it's not coming from there and I know where it's going to be coming from. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, they are everywhere. Um, We don't really keep any drinks with added sugars in our house either. But you go out to parties or get-togethers or family events, and there's soft drinks or there's lemonade or sweet tea or that kind of thing. And, you know, my kids have come to associate that with the holidays. And I'm just, you know, and it's just unnecessary. Now, I mean, I know, like, soft drinks aren't great, but I have gotten, like, family members, like, rather than buying Sprite— Let's do Sprite Zero. Yeah. I mean, we're not talking about eating perfect. We're talking about minimizing the sugar. in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And, you know, sometimes my mom will even get, like, maraschino cherries, and they can have one or two in their Sprite Zero. You know, so it feels like a treat, but it's much lower than if they were having that can of Sprite. Yeah. I love that. So, um, you know, I think you do have to look for, maybe this goes with kids getting older, look for fun alternatives yes yes to those sugary drinks that are going to be offered to them well and we talked too a little bit about hot chocolate like that's usually what my kids start asking for around the holidays Mm -hmm. and I just I try to make a point to make it with some type of milk yeah so that they're at least getting some extra nutrients mixed in there and it's not just hot chocolate water yeah Exactly. Yeah. Not always. It, it doesn't always work, but I try. Yeah. And sometimes I feel like mine are just asking for the hot chocolate so they can eat marshmallows. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then one of my friends taught me this great trick to take fluff and put a scoop of fluff in it instead. Uh-uh. I never thought about that. Me that neither. sounds dangerous. Me neither. But let me tell you, it is delicious. Well, you're going to have to go do that in the mud closet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, what's tip number four? Okay, um, create healthier treats together. Now, I, I feel a little guilty saying this because I just took Halloween cupcakes to Griffin's classroom. <laughs> okay, but they were also so pretty. They were Thank so pretty. You. I saw the pictures on Instagram. I couldn't believe that you made those. I know. You're I kind of wondered right. if Madeline had helped. She did, but that was all me. Okay, okay. All right. It was but all I was very they pleased because I don't usually, you know, I don't take on things mm-hmm. like that. No. At all. No. Um, so I feel a little guilty saying that, but sometimes, and they, they rained in class parties a good bit, um, they really have, what they used to be. There's still usually a lot more junk than is needed. So much more. Yeah. But really, you know, one of my friends, Sally, once said, don't complain about it unless you want to do something about it. So sign <laughs> up for the class parties and bring something a little bit healthier. Now, it's still a party, so don't bring carrot sticks, you know. But you can bring I something totally just a little bit healthier. Sticks. Would you be the one? I might have earlier, like my kids are like in kin- like kindergarten, first, second. But now, like, they would no. never speak to me again. Well, Madeline doesn't have class parties, but. Good point. Good point. The older they get, the more they would be like, yep. And so you can never come to my class parties ever again, Mom, because you brought the carrot sticks. But you can do stuff. Like, I know I've seen, you've probably seen those, like, skewers where it looks like um, like a 
Grinch in a Santa hat where you take like oh, yeah. a grape and a strawberry and a marshmallow and, you know, or you can find little things that incorporate some fruit that still have some added sugar, you know, that kind of thing to do some fun things. I'm or you can lie. just bring I mean, the cupcakes like me. Well, or just can I just pack up a fruit bowl and just bring it? I mean, I got to make yeah. it look like like the Grinch. Well, no, that's that's a whole nother episode. <laughs> but um <laughs> You know me, Carolyn. No. That's not happening in my no, world no, no. for me. Sorry, kids. <clears throat> okay, but I do I do think your general point is fantastic that contribute something that you feel good about contributing to those kind of events. Yeah. And I will say it helps so much. Like if you are making a healthier treat for that class party, and I'm not just talking about class parties here, but that's a great example to use. Get your kids involved because when they're making something like those Grinch skewers, which you don't have to make, it sounds just kind of odd, Grinch skewers. When they are involved in it, they are so much more proud of it and excited to share it with their friends, particularly if it turns out really cute. That is true. They aren't as upset or embarrassed that you're bringing fruit to the class party. Right. Good point. <laughs> okay. These are I'm taking. I am taking notes over here. Yeah. Yeah. All right, number five, plan non-food traditions and activities. I do love this one. I really do. Um, like, for example, we go and we pick out our Christmas tree, right? And I get the kids to help me with decorating. Now, I'm not going to lie. Mm. Usually they help me with the shut here. <laughs> they help me with the decorating. And then what happens is when they go to bed, I do a little redecorating. Uh, but nevertheless, yeah. you know, Same. um and I, or I was talking with a friend the other day, and she was saying how, like, you know, there are there are little pockets of holidays that she has, like, reserved for herself. Like, she's like, I'm holding strong onto the white twinkly lights because I love uh, them so. And I was like, all right. You know, we all, we all have our things. Yeah. Anyway, so that or wrapping presents or making cards. My girls love to make gifts and cards yeah. for people. Um I don't know. What else? Do you have any others? Well, I mean, just things like walking around the neighborhood to look at Christmas lights or even driving around the town to look at Christmas lights. Um, you know, ice skating, um, you know, just turning on music and dancing or hanging, you know, just yeah. um, there doesn't have to be a reason. Just everything doesn't necessarily have to revolve around food. Exactly. Oh, you know what? Actually, we got really into last year. What? Hallmark Christmas movies. Oh, <laughs> which is, is, you know, uh, go ahead, judge away. But it actually became something that, that like, you could all do. we could all do together. Yeah. And my oldest daughter, like, really looked forward to it. And and that was like, that was what we did. Yeah, and we didn't even great. make anything to eat when we would watch them. Like, we would just sit down and like, OK, we're going to watch our yeah. Hallmark movie. That's great. So it was fun. Yeah. It was really fun. You might need daughter's. No, I'm thinking Madeline would probably eat up the Hallmark Christmas. Yeah. I hadn't thought to show those to her. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. 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 So, you know, it's just, I feel like everything tends to revolve around food and I forget that like, oh, there's other stuff we can do. It's so true. (laughs) Like at Halloween, you think of it, right? Because you're like, oh, we can carve pumpkins. But there are plenty of other activities. So last one is allow for choice within parameters. Um, So set some realistic expectations for your family sugar intake with yourself (laughs) ahead of time. 
And then try to give your kids some parameters for what this looks like. Now, this is going to be unique to every family. There yeah. is no right or wrong. For example, you know, added sugar isn't something that we usually incorporate on a daily basis, or I try not to incorporate. I try to minimize it as much as possible. But during the holidays, um, you know, I typically allow them to have like one treat a day because it's just everywhere. It's in your face. But right. you set those parameters in advance so they know that and can pick and choose. Like, you know, do you really want those cookies at that party that maybe aren't really good and we can have this later you know yes help, help them make decisions within those parameters so quick tangent because you just said something that triggered in my mind where you said do you really want those cookies they might not be that great like I have definitely enjoyed trying to teach my kids the value of like a higher quality dessert versus just like something that they eat and forget about yeah. I've got one who I mean you can get her gas station candy and she is like <laughs> thrilled I've got another who I'm like do you really want that cupcake? And she's like, no, I actually, I don't. And I know I exactly don't. which, you one know, is which, which one's which. <laughs> um, but back to the whole thing about allowing for choice within parameters is my approach is a little bit different. And here's my mom. Well, I'm not it. perfect at all. I mean, and this doesn't always work at our house. So I've loved some other. Well, no, mine doesn't always work either. But even during the holidays, I still try and stick to our like dessert night. Mm -hmm. you know, that we have and not veer off from that. Um, the exceptions would oh, be good. birthdays, like if we're celebrating somebody's birthday or, um, you know, I have less control when like grandparents, you know, drop something yeah. off or come into town and, you know, want to get their favorite cookie from around the corner or whatever. Um, and then, of course, like I don't really take into consideration the treats that they got at school. Like that's on school time. That is what it is. If they had a party at school, and tonight's a dessert night, we're still going to have dessert. That's great. Just don't ask too many details. I know. I don't. I try not to because the few times that I have, I've been a little horrified. Or like when I witnessed the gingerbread, um, when I volunteered for the gingerbread making party one year. You don't do that kind of stuff. No, but I I was trying. <laughs> I was really trying. Um, I was horrified. Like, I mean, the icing wasn't even good and all the kids were just shoving it in their mouths. I mean, it was unbelievable. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> but so we still stick to our dessert nights. But then on the actual holidays, it is it's a free for all. If you want to eat your candy that you got in your stocking starting at 7 a.m., have at Well, and I think this is going to sound a little mean, but, you know, maybe they do that and they feel sick. Well, that's yeah. a good lesson to learn. It I mean, is. I hate that you don't feel good on Christmas or whatever holiday it is, but that's a good lesson for them to learn, yeah. you know, because they don't want to feel that way again. Right. Exactly. And, and you know, I, another one that I've had with one of my kids is she's like, fine, 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 full on candy. And then, and then we go to eat lunch or whatever. And she's like, not hungry. Mm -hmm. And then 15 minutes later, she's like, I'm starving, mom. Where's my lunch? I have to eat now. And I'm like, I, I saved Blood you a little plate over yeah. here, but let me explain what just happened in your body. Yeah. Okay. And yes, explaining, I think is really key. Now they won't always get it and they'll act like they don't want to hear it sometimes. But, you know, Griffin has come to me and was like, you know, on a holiday and I'm like, mom, I really don't feel good. And this will be in the afternoon or something. And I'll be like, well, what have you eaten today? fully knowing that it's been like 
sugary yeah. snacks or, you know, refined carbs. And that's about, you know. Yeah, nothing like. Nothing of substance. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. he'll, you know, and I'll be like, well, you think that's it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then I love when they kind of look at you and like, oh. Yeah. Maybe I'm not going to. Well, let's go get some real food. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get some real food. (laughs) And maybe some water. Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) How hydrated are you? So, okay. So these tips that we gave are from an article that I wrote last year for Kiwi Magazine. It's online. So we're going to share that link, but we're also going to share some other links in the show notes, um, just kind of about our approaches to sugar and candy at holidays in general. Yeah. And we would really love to hear what you do. So in some way, shape, or form, like drop into our DMs, comment on our social media posts, like let us know what you do because it would be really fun to like curate a variety of tips that aren't just ours and be able to share them and put them out. Yeah. Yeah. And we're always learning. Same. Wait, just because we're dietitians does not mean we necessarily know what we're doing. It is so (laughs) true. It is so true. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us for the Happy Eating Podcast. I'm Briarly Horton. And I'm Carolyn Williams. If you liked this week's episode, then don't forget to rate and leave us a review on iTunes. And be sure to hit the subscribe button so you'll never miss a new episode. We can't wait to have you back at our table next week for a brand new episode. Bye. Bye. The contents discussed in the Happy Eating Podcast, such as advice, studies, text, graphics, images, and other material discussed or presented on the site or podcast are for informational purposes only. Content is not intended to be a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your mental health professional or other qualified health providers with any questions you may have regarding your condition. Never disregard professional advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on the Happy Eating Podcast. If you are in crisis or think you may have an emergency, call your doctor or 911 immediately. If you're having suicidal thoughts, call 1-800-273-TALK, that's 8255, to talk to a skilled, trained counselor at the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. If you are located outside the United States, call your local emergency line immediately.